Welcome to Tactical Recon, the place where we find kingdom-building strategies through scholarship, leadership, and action. And here's your host. Hey, hey, welcome to Tactical Recon. We're glad to have you here. We're in the studio with Reverend Dr. Paul Michael Raymond today. Uh, Pastor Raymond, would you give us a taste of what we're about to discuss today? Well, we were at length discussing the church, its nature, structure, and function. And I wanted to look at and discuss just a little bit, brainstorm a little bit, the church as the armory of God. It is the place where the leadership must take seriously how to train their people to navigate the world around them for the advancement of the kingdom of God. So church leadership is essential to the health of the church, of the congregation, of the ecclesia. But the church leadership cannot just open up their file and say, well, this week we'll preach on the atonement of Christ, and next week we'll preach on the ascension, and the week after we'll preach on this thing and the other thing, and we'll give anecdotal sermons. The leadership of Christ's church must be like the sons of Issachar. They have to be able to understand the times in which they live. Since the church has to navigate through the reality of their day, the leadership must be very much in tune to what that day is dictating. Of course, it is the providence of God that is dictating the day, the times, and the seasons. But the leadership has to be knowledgeable of how to train their people to navigate, whether it's a day of prosperity a day of uh, great chastisement or judgment, times of prosperity economically or politically, or times of tyranny. So I think the church, if it's going to function for the betterment and the, the protection and the security of its people, it must be adapt at understanding, like the sons of Issachar, what is happening around them. Then they can offer, whether it's through sermons or lectures or Bible studies, a navigational plan. How do we navigate through this difficult time or through this time of prosperity? What does God's Word say about this? What are the possibilities of what may happen? Can we look into the future? Are we are we that perceptive to look into the future and say, well, look, if this happens by God's will, we will be like Joseph, knowing that the famine is coming, preparing and helping others to prepare so that when the famine does come, we are well equipped, not only surviving, but flourishing as a Christian church and then able to help others who have been caught flat-footed in a time of difficulty. So I think that the leadership, in order to be in order to be functioning productively, especially today, in our day, and we're talking about 2021, a time of incredible unrest, a time of in incredible fear, of uncertainty, who leads? Who's going to say, listen, this is how we are to navigate, so that when we have that knowledge of how to navigate, the, the, the congregation, then, then they, they feel a little more comforted. They know what they need to do. They're not beside themselves. But that comes from leadership. And I think these times 
is where this time is where true leaders are are shown to the people. They 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 come they they rise up like cream in the bottle of milk. So I think that's what we need to discuss. What are we to do as the church in these days? How do we navigate this time? That's so, a really good question. Yeah, well, exactly, because people don't know. Ministers don't know. Sometimes I'm not even sure, right? And that's why we have to go back to God, back to his word, look at the the parallel times of Israel's history, and then seek to navigate through them that way. Of course, we're living in a modern day. There are other variables, but we need to understand how do we use the principles of Scripture and apply them to the variables that uh, the technological variables or whatever, uh, the way that the, the government is structured, the way our, our nation is structured, and so on and so forth. So I think that's the question. One other point. When Ezekiel was commissioned by God to stand on the wall, the tower is the watchman, he was told that if he did not declare that the Lord was coming in judgment, that when people fell under the judgment, the blood of those people would be upon his head. But if he was faithful in declaring the judgment of God as the watchman, which would signify not only here's the judgment, here's what you do about it, here's how you get out of it, here's how you navigate through it. If he was to faithfully declare that judgment, then when the people who did not heed his counsel, when the people fell under that judgment, when they found themselves unprepared, when the difficulty came, came upon them, he would be then vindicated because the blood would not be upon his head. That is the role of the church. Now, the church compartmentalizes that. They say, well, we're, we're warning people about hell. We're warning people that they need Jesus. And, of course, there are some churches that warn people that they need Jesus, and they don't really tell them how they would attain the salvation that Jesus gives. But they fail because they've compartmentalized. They've, they've looked at that commandment in a narrow way. They fail to realize that, hey, we are living in a real world, in God's world, and we are to advance the kingdom of God and protect the people of God throughout the days of tyranny. The, the erroneous thought that Christianity only pertains to the souls of men in a very abstract way sounds like a defunct version of Christianity in a very harmful version because it's not the full gospel and you're limiting Christianity and the power of the gospel. We are a physical being and we have a physical realm. We do understand the metaphysical. We, we understand what's behind the situations going on here. We know that it is the direct hand of God that has brought about the situation that America faces. And it's not only because, you know, some people say, well, you know, we've been uh, slaughtering uh, preborn babies uh, for so many years. That's why the judgment is coming on the nation. That is not true. That's one reason. But when you look at the history of America, and some of the things that America has done. Now, I, I think America is the best place on earth. But when we fail to repent of things, then God becomes angry. And when, when we have a fiat 
fractional reserve banking system, when we have um, governments that are seeking to destroy other governments to build nations. We, we, have a, we, have a, we have an empire. We don't have a republic any longer. When we violate the covenant oath of God uh, by, by creating a social contract and, and bringing upon our nation a, a Lockean mentality, we're, we're playing with fire. And we're not recognizing it. And the church is not recognizing it either. So they can't help to remedy it. So it just keeps going on and on and on. And then God finally says enough. And I think we're at the point where God has said it's enough. The churches need to wake up. So we are to, yes, deal with the spiritual. But then when you talk about spiritual, what does that mean? Does it mean that it's not physical? Does it mean that it's not real? How have we have we dissected our our soul from our body somehow when we're not an a, a, a entire individual a person of of, of body and spirit? I, I think that's where the church has failed miserably. So when you go to church on the Lord's Day morning and you hear a really nice sermon, you're feeling really good, and then you wake up one morning and you can't you don't have a job because you, and, and you're not sure of whether or not you should get vaccinated, and and you're saying, well, I, I need my job, so let me get vaccinated. Well, wait a minute, where's the leadership there? Where we are we are we getting any real concrete biblical advice? Should I wear a mask? Should I wear a mask? Should I kowtow to the dictates of the tyrant? Or should I stand against them? And how can I trust God if, if I don't get a, a vaccine? Uh, I'll lose my job. Shall I trust God and get a vaccine? Or should I trust God and not get the vaccine? These questions need to be answered, and they're not being answered. And these are very real situations that countless people face each day. And they're all ethical and moral decisions. Exactly. And they have generational consequences. So so where is the leadership? Where are they? Are they fielding these questions? Can they? Are they able to field these questions? How are they providing comfort, help? What about preparedness? How are they preparing individuals? I, I could tell you of a truth that there are too many Christians that live hand to mouth and they they don't have one week of savings anywhere or uh, one week of uh, food supply if the if the trucks don't get to the supermarket these things need to be addressed what about young couples that are just getting married how are they going to build are they being taught how do you build on a fractional reserve system economically in a system that's trying to inflate the dollar to the point where it's almost worthless, should you bank with a bank? Is that safe? Is it biblical? Is it ethical? All of these questions aren't even being asked, let alone addressed by the clergy. And I think the clergy needs to think about this. The problem that I see is that we are products of our environment. We need to step out of our environment to see things biblically. We're using reason, rationalism, our, our common sense, however you want to define that. I don't believe common sense is very common anymore. Uh, I think it's om almost irrationality. But we're using all those things, but we're not asking the revelation. We're not going to the mind of God. What does God say as far as my investments, my stewardship? my preparedness, 
And if we don't want to do that, then we have to ask ourselves, do we really believe in the sufficiency of Scripture? And, and we have to ask ourselves, who are we? I think it goes beyond, yeah. uh, do we believe in the sufficiency of Scripture? Yeah. I, think, I think you need to ask yourself, who are we? When you, when you come to church as something of a tradition, and you're going there for the wrong reasons, because I don't want to be singled out. I have a society there. Or it's what I was raised as. And you don't go there recognizing that you are there to be equipped with the things of God, to be very conscientious of what is being taught from the, from the pulpit, and to, to draw out of the message tactical recommendations for your life, whether it's whether it's raising your child or 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 whether or not you should eat um, meat or vegetables, you you need to draw out of the scriptures the lessons that the minister brings forth. And if the minister is not bringing forth practical lessons from the exposition of scripture, then then why why bother going there? Why what are you getting out of it? And you should get out of that of that sermon whatever you need. You need to also put into uh, the, the, the ministry of the church because the church is your safety mechanism. It's your networking hub because you can't survive as an island. On that note, the unchurched members of Christendom, what is your counsel to them? They're just out there and they're at home and it's just them and their families. Depending on the situation surrounding that group. I know many who don't have a church. They'll watch us on sermon audio, they'll worship with their family or their extended family because they cannot in right conscience go to a church that's feeding them pablum. Okay, they, they cannot in right conscience tie to that church because they're, they're heretical. Or the church is 100 miles away and they live in Montana where the snow is 10 feet high. I get it. I understand that. But those who believe that they are an island unto themselves, they, they are setting themselves up for a very grievous disappointment when things go very badly. Because you can expect, you cannot expect to call on a church and say, look, I'm in harm's way right now. Yes, I should have been going to church all these years, or I should have been involved in the church. I mean, look, you got people that go to church every week that are not involved. They might as well just stay home. And I believe that many of them would rather. And they, don't, they, they come to church only because it's required of them, and they don't want God to be angry or whatever. But the motive is wrong. So, so you've got folks expecting, and we live in a world of expectation for handouts by the government, the church people have bought into that lie and they're thinking that, well, if I get into trouble, I'll just go to so-and-so's house and they'll give me food and water and shelter. Well, wait, well, wait a minute. S -s Hold down a minute. What if that family has provided just for that family and you've got hungry mouths to feed? Are you going to now take on another family and, and put your own family in jeopardy? I don't think so. And there's going to be some really hard some really hard things to, to, to contemplate if that does happen. What about your neighbor? Well, the, the real wise man would say, well, I need to not only purchase 
and prepare, and whatever that preparation might be, for myself and my family. But let me go above and beyond because I might need to show some Christian charity because that's where the church will shine. But if Christians are looking for charity from other Christians, who, who are these people? We don't, we, don't, we don't even know who these people are because they haven't warned. All you need to do is look at the news, even, even a, just a superficial reading. All you need to do is go to the supermarket and say, wow, that shelf is empty. This shelf is empty. Oh, this can of tuna fish was you know, $1.30. Now it's $2.20. Where was I? It's happened overnight. Well, nothing happens overnight. It happens overnight to those who do not have eyes to see. So what the leadership of the church must be doing is training an army to be wise, to prepare, to network, to be secure in their own homes, their own families, and then to be able to lend a helping hand when necessary. So this is not about fear. Oh, no. This is about wisdom. And, and um, here, here's how it, we see the writing on the wall. This is not rocket science. I'm not making this up. Okay. You can look at the numbers of what, what things are being sold for. And it's, you're not getting a raise in your salary. In fact, many people are losing their jobs. Okay, so this is not fear-mongering or fear tactics like the government does. This is saying we want to be wise. So if things happen, if things go sideways on us, we are going to shine like the sun. Now, if nothing happens, if everything goes well, which things aren't, look, things aren't, we can't say, well, things may not go well. Things are going well, are not going well now. It's not like they're not going to go well later. Things are already going badly and they're getting worse. And the stupidity behind some of the leaders of the nation, it's just getting more insane. So it's not like we're saying things might get bad. We're saying things are already bad and you're already behind the eight ball. So you've got a young couple. They don't have a whole lot of capital. As far as taking this this wisdom and applying it, in a, in a very real situation, what would what would you advise this young couple? Network with another young couple and work together and pool your wisdom and your resources together and build your pantry. Look, we, we live in the, we live in a, in a rural community and you get a snowstorm here, especially where I live. You're done. You're you're staying home for days. Your electric goes out when the wind blows. And that's what happens when the wind blows the wrong way. Our electric goes out. You need to be able to deal with it. It's, it's not like we're looking for Armageddon or like an EMP or, or a nuclear blast somewhere. No, we're just saying, look, money is scarce. Money is being inflated. Prices are going up because of the inflation. Okay. Goods and services are scarce. How can we minimize the, the negative effect of what's happening right now under our noses? And if it gets worse, Okay, how how should I prepare? Joseph prepared for seven years. He knew, he knew that things were going to get bad, and he prepared. You can network as a young couple or as a, a group of uh, families or neighbors. Say, look, look, you 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 do this, we'll do that, and you do the other thing, and that so you have strength in numbers. That's where the church comes in now. So you go into your your church, you you. 
you go to some people that you're familiar with in your church and you say, listen, listen, I was thinking because tuna fish is now $2.35 a can, um, let's pull our money together and get a bunch of tuna fish now before it goes up to $4 a can. Or let's buy, let's buy some, uh, some, let's get some gasoline cans and fill up some gasoline because it's $3 and change now. It's going to go up to five, maybe, maybe not. And if it goes down to two, okay, so we made an investment. At least we have money for our generator if the winter is bad and the lights go out. That is wise planning. I remember when I was a young boy, my father always wanted to have the freezer full of food. And I, I never, I never knew why he always would go out of his way to pack. And it was, look, we're talking about the sixties and I never knew why, but I realized later on that he lived through the depression. He lived through the great depression. They had nothing. They had nothing. So he realized, look, I don't ever want to be there again. So I'd rather be comforted and safe and secure for me and my family than to worry where the next loaf of bread comes from. He knew. And he did. He did. Mm -hmm. So so it's as long as you're you're buying things that you're going to use, don't buy 20 cans of string beans that your kids don't eat. Okay, just because you think they're on sale. And get things you use because you're going to use them anyway. And and everyone should have a pantry regardless. Okay, so preparedness is important. Network is important. The church leadership, in order to teach the people what to do, that's important. They need to be on the cutting edge. If your leadership is not on the cutting edge, then, then they're not leading. They're following someone else. And that's, what, that's why the church is so critical in our day. The, the, the true church is so critical in our day in order to navigate the times in which we live. May God grant us wisdom as we face the days ahead and exercise wisdom and, and planning. Thank you, Pastor, for joining us today, and I hope our guests will tune in next time for another episode of Tactical Recon. The Tactical Recon podcast was brought to you by New Geneva Christian Leadership Academy and the Institute for Theonomic Reformation. To learn more, please visit our website at www.tacticalrecon.org dot org.